Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to uh, Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It is August 25th, 1995. You got it two days in a row. I'm I know, so it's crazy, right? And we're coming at you with some news. Yes, we are. What kind of news are we coming at them with, babe? Are you familiar with Star Trek Voyager? Vaguely. <laughs> that's like that's like the one that I don't pay attention to. It's the new the new Star Trek on Yeah, because there's Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Which I don't really watch that much. I think that came the last season of the next generation, I think. It Star Trek Deep Space Nine premiered. Sure. I believe they crossed over for one season, I think. Yeah. And then, obviously, Next Generation's awesome. I, I love d- Next Generation. I never really watched the original series. I watched a few. Really? I've seen a few episodes of them, but I, I, didn't, I didn't watch that a ton. How about the movies? Oh, I love the movies. Yeah. I, I grew up on the movies, especially the one with the whales. Oh, Star Trek IV, I, I loved yeah. that when I was, like, a little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Trek IV? Mm-hmm. The Voyage Home. It's when they go home. So, what about this new Star Trek now? So, it says Voyager boldly goes a little further this fall. Hmm. And it says, uh, let's see. Are they going all the way? (laughs) Well, it says that the new Star Trek, first of all, it says, hey, don't worry. Disney, Time Warner, and Viacom don't own everything yet. Because Disney bought Cap right. Cities, ABC, and, and Time Warner, obviously, is another big conglomerate of Viacoms out there. But Paramount owns Star Trek. Okay. That's what they're... I guess that's CBS, though. CBS, Paramount. Viacom used to be part of CBS, but it's not part of CBS anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's all weird and up in the air. But anyway, so it's saying that... The phenomenon of Star Trek, it's almost cliche now to explain what it is, idealism and humanity. And I guess that's going to be on display here in this new show, Star Trek Voyager. Um, Humanity and idealism. Yeah, that's kind of every single Star Trek for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. The Next Generation for sure. The original series, yes. Like inclusiveness and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, that's that that's Gene Roddenberry's vision, right? Yeah. Kind of no money, no possessions, no one has any, there's no struggles. Humanity's evolved past its need for all this material shit. Yeah, it's basically a bunch of hippies at 11 in space. Correct. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. Although, can you picture Jean-Luc Picard at 11? <laughs> Where's my Earl Grey? Get off me, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So this article is titled, this is, I I like to include some internet stuff into our, our news when I can, because we're part of the internet now. Right. Our, our show is up on retrolatefee.com. If you want to listen, if you don't want to get the tapes, if you don't want to take the time, if you got rid of your tape player because you bought a CD player. And you didn't get one of those combo things. Mm-hmm. Then 
you can get the digital copy or whatever. Yes. But anyway. And then you never have to worry about losing it. Mm -hmm. It's right there. So it says, waiting to click. The new Microsoft network is unfinished. Can you believe it? Yes. (laughs) If you've contemplated going online with a hookup to the World Wide Web, you've probably wondered whether to wait for Microsoft Network, the new commercial online service that debuts on Thursday and runs with Windows 95. Huh. Seems very convenient, right? Right. Windows 95, in case you ducked the first volleys of the $300 million marketing blitz underway, (laughs) is Microsoft's latest version of the software that controls the basic operation of your computer. Right. We understand that. Anyway, so it says, you know, it's going to substitute DOS or Windows 3.1, which I had before, or OS 2, which I think is an Apple thing, I believe, or something. I don't know. Maybe. Operating service to... System, I think it is. System, okay. Anyway, so MSN, which is what they're calling it, the Microsoft Network, uh, is... There's a bunch of hype around it, obviously. We've We've all... We've all been talking about it for mm-hmm. for just you know long long time. Uh, <laughs> it's expected to connect you with the outside world while eating prodigy for lunch and devouring America Online whole for dinner. Wow, that's, that's those are some big claims. Yeah, I mean AOL America Online. That's that's where our email address is. That's correct, and that's probably the. The number one, I would say, Prodigy. I, you know, I know, I know a couple people that run on Prodigy, but I think that AOL is where most people go. That's definitely where I first went. Yeah, so I think that's a big thing. Now, MSN, they're going to have to really work if they want to, if they want to supplant AOL. Yeah, it, mean, it helps that they they're so compatible with Windows ninety five, but. I guess, but I mean, AOL works just fine, so. Yeah, well, it says the richest man in the world wants to create the best internet experience in the world. So. He just wants to get richer. (laughs) MSN, we will see what happens with it. I don't know. I'm, I'm incredulous. Mark me down as cautious about this whole MSN thing. Will do. Because I... I think that AOL is pretty good. You know, AOL is pretty good. And I like that, you know, it connects you to people all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I honestly still like the bulletin board systems, too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just close community of people. And it's not as fancy, and that's fine. I agree. It doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to connect you with someone so that you can ask... uh, a slash S slash L. <laughs> well, I mean, like on Gateway, which is the bulletin board system I use, like I already know everybody's A slash S slash L. And that's yeah. what I like about it, though. Yeah, that is nice. You know, we, I, I have actual people that I can talk to instead of like weird randos. If somebody ever sent you a disc with a backdoor to every computer on the planet and then uh, people were trying to kill you over it, you would know who to talk to. <laughs> I guess so. you'd go on Gateway and say, "Hey, right? They're trying to kill me." And 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 I can play my text-based uh, games and mm-hmm. yeah, Zorks and such. No, I don't play Zorks. I don't even know what it is. Uh so 
I'm moving on to Massive Love. Yay. There's a lot of love in the movie we're going to talk about today. Uh, Yeah, there's some stuff. So we figure, you know, what a better time to do some Massive Love. How about some female seeking female, Carol? Sure. Adventurous, sensual, white male, 46, clean, attractive, slender, sincere, desire, sexy, shapely, black female, for satisfying occasional discreet relationship. Back it up. Did you say male or female at the beginning? Oh, it does say male. What the hell? Yeah. How did he sneak into the... Well, it says WM. That's white male, right? Uh, y- yeah. How did he sneak into the back it up? As you say, how did he sneak into the female seeking male section? I don't know. Oh, like, wait. Huh? Are you in the wrong section? Mm, oh, it's, oh my gosh. It's alternative lifestyles. What's alternative about that? Because you're a, oh, sir, are you, like, I mean, obviously, I guess you're not racist if you're looking for a black female. Maybe if you think that makes it an alternative lifestyle. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Is it because she's shapely black female or because she's black? Oh, you have a lot maybe, of... Maybe he wants to do some twisted things with her, though, and that's yeah. what's making it all It's a he's Thomas Jefferson and she's Sally Hemings kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what's going on here. That's why... Th- th- sir, you're you're disgusting. No, you disgust us. No white powdered wigs for you. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> white power. Uh, let's see. Adventurous bl- by... Black female, 28, 5, 7, 168 pounds, seeking discreet, clean, white female for fantasy fulfillment. Ooh. I wonder what the fantasy is. I don't know. Is that also another? Is that also racist? Is it just a bunch of racists here today? <laughs> oh, my God. How about, here's female, seeking female. Serious, fun-loving, outspoken, gay, black female, seeking female, feminine only. <laughs> Always the fem- They always only want fat. Fem- I'm Where sorry. If you're a butch, butch lesbian, I'm sorry. Lesbians go for love. I don't know. Because they all want the lipstick lesbians. 18 to 35, big age range. For fun, loving, friendly relationship, no games. That is a really big age range. Mm-hmm. Barely legal to almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so much better if that's the way she put it. How old is she? Age range. Barely legal to (laughs) almost 40. Right? She does not say. See? She's probably old. She's probably 70 years old. (laughs) Right? She should be in the senior section. But she's trying to get her lipstick lesbian on. I guess. There's only one person in the senior section. I feel really bad for them. Aw. Owasso area www.m. (laughs) <laughs> www.retrolatefee.com it's us we're looking for seniors no it's it's www.m white widowed I don't know what the other W is something male white widowed wascally <laughs> male white widowed willing is it it's Elmer Fudd <laughs> 6 feet 180 pounds sir you are not Anywhere over three foot four, Mr. <laughs> Fudd, I'm sorry. Seeking non-smoking female, 45 to 65, for relationship, dancing, and fun times. 
I don't. He wants to go dancing. Okay, so he's still got his hips. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any forty-five-year-old's going to answer that ad, though. No, you are you are really reaching there, buddy. <laughs> attractive, bi curious white female with husband seeking attractive bi or bi curious white female for friendship and fun. Not more than fun, just fun. <laughs> Must be clean. No males. Hmm. But you have a husband. Is your husband part of this? Why do you mention the husband? I assume that he must be. Yeah, right. They're they're both looking for this. Is they're both looking for? He wrote this this article. It just he put it, wrote it from her point of view. Maybe, but then why would he say friendship? Because you know he doesn't care about that. Friendship and fun. You know what that means. <laughs> that means they might want to know her name first. Let's go. Let's walk on the beach for a minute. Let's see. Wanted. Muscular built blessed. Blessed, huh? Yeah. That means you're packing uh, the kind of gun that uh, <laughs> that Shannon Doherty got shoved in her face. Oh, jeez. By Dylan. Uh, <laughs> black male, sexy, attractive, white couple <laughs> seeks new, exciting, adult fun with open-minded, energetic, easygoing guy. So it's a... It's a, a white couple is looking for... A hung black male? Correct. That's right. Yep, there you go. Wow. They want to have exciting adult fun. I bet that was the wife's idea. Open-minded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's That's right. She wrote this one. Because... I want to start swinging, honey. Okay, but first... Because she's like, I missed out on a window here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, this is somebody that this is somebody that had a flirt flirtation with a black guy while she was in college and she never got a chance to take this. Her father would have been appalled cuz right. she comes from an incredibly conservative family. And she's like, "Hey, okay, he's like, I want a threesome with a you and another woman." And she's like, "Okay, but first." Right. I was going to say he better get his, too. You think so? Well, maybe he we don't know, maybe he wants this too. <laughs> the look on your face. Well, I just, I mean, like, I, I can't, I don't, maybe I just don't understand because. Maybe he's been practicing with table legs. Right? I mean, like, he, but why so, like, so big and you're just the, probably the first time and. You, well, you, you think, but maybe it's not the first time. <laughs> maybe they've run through all their friends and now they're looking for somebody else. Maybe they're using, like, those butt plugs that just, like, increase in size to, you know. Get him ready. <laughs> I hope you're not eating while you're listening to this episode. I just don't think that's it's a good idea for a guy. Do you guys look for a big guy? That's a good question. I see. So obviously I'm not gay. Right. Because we're dating. Right. And I'm not bisexual. Right. Or bi-curious. I am not clean. Not even a little curious. No, not curious at all, really. No. <laughs> I am clean. Yes. But not very discreet. Because <laughs> I tell you guys everything. Right. And so I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I guess if, if you're gay, God, I, yeah, I would think if you were gay, you'd want a small penis, right? I would think. You would want the smallest penis ever. I mean, it's only going in your butt or your mouth. And both of those, small is a bonus. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would think you'd want the smallest penis that you could get. You would not want a hung guy. You'd want a tiny little dick. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because the pleasure has to be from when you're getting yours, right? Either when you're, you know, entering the male, the, well, uh, entering no. your partner, or or getting, you know, oral sex from your well, partner. Well, no, I, I believe that there is some kind of pleasure received in the butt as well. Really? believe so maybe i am curious now <laughs> oh goodness i feel like we're moving into some dangerous territory here white female seeking by white or black female for first time experience northern michigan there's nothing else to do up there <laughs> good luck up there miss but can travel weight unimportant must be 23 years old or over. 23. Really? 22 is a deal breaker. So what, where do people what if you were 22? Ages? What if your birthday is in four months, but you're 22? Right? Do I have to wait four months? I don't get, yeah, 20, maybe they're 26 and they're like, anything more than three years is gross. Maybe. Uh, discreet. And clean. Always. <laughs> I want to see somebody that says, I want someone dirty as fuck. <laughs> I want a dirty girl. <laughs> I want I want a, a bi female that has diseases that they haven't named yet. <laughs> like, we know you want somebody clean. I understand that. Like, I assume by clean, they mean no drugs. I Just, thought they meant no disease. Yeah, they could be no disease, too. I, I guess it could be taken a few different ways. But I, I, obviously, that should be implied, right? Well, I mean, if it's disease, it should be implied. If it's drugs, I think you do need to specify. Maybe they, I don't, maybe they do mean drugs. I don't know. I, I always thought like you that it was disease, but that just occurred to me just now that maybe they mean drugs. But if that's the case, like, I don't know. It seems like a weird thing for everyone to specify. Yeah. Don't be like there's there can't be like a huge drug problem in the bisexual community, right? Or the bi curious community. Maybe. I mean, there's a little bit of partying going on, probably. I guess that's true. I don't know. But even if they're smoking some pot, you know, you, that's a turnoff. Depends on the person. I guess. I personally wouldn't want to have sex with somebody who is stoned if I wasn't stoned. Well, yeah, that makes and sense. And so, like, if they don't do drugs, then they're not going to want to be with somebody who does. But but they don't have to get stoned every time they have sex. Some people do. Okay, but that's a very specific thing <laughs> that you're talking about now. I guess. That's like saying that somebody that drinks is is never going to have sex unless they're drunk. Well... I guess. It depends on how much they drink. And at a certain point, then they can't have sex at all. So, you know. If they're a guy, sure. How much How much drinking are we talking about? I don't know. Enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. I have been dying to talk about this movie. He wouldn't talk about it with me. He made me wait. We saw Desperado. You love waiting, though. The anticipation is good. Teasing. With Desperado talk. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Desperado. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know what to make of it. I don't... 
I can't wrap my brain around this movie. Like, it's ridiculous on so many levels, but it's still kind of cool. The movie somehow gives too much exposition in scenes while also not telling you anything that's going on at all. Right. I was lost for almost all the movie. (laughs) Now, I guess part of that might be that it's technically, or I guess in actual fact, a sequel. The guy that directed this and wrote this is named Robert Rodriguez. And he wrote and directed a movie called El Mariachi. Right. And this is a sequel to that. But guess what? Mm. I went and did some research on my own. And I talked to some people. I didn't watch El Mariachi. Sorry, guys. I'm not that dedicated. (laughs) But I talked to some people that watched it. I read some stuff and everything. And the guy, the villain in this movie, Mm -hmm. Bucho. Yes. Or Bucha or whatever his name is. Yeah. Is not the villain in the first movie. Right. Uh, Moko or something like that is the villain in the first movie who gets killed in the first movie. And it just like it doesn't add up with what they they give some explanation of Steve Buscemi's like so they killed your girl (laughs) right right and all this stuff and shot him in the hand and he was a mariachi so he can no longer mariachi with a mariachi band or I don't know what mariachi (laughs) means in Spanish so well it means like the street performers the mariachi that's what his name means right El Mariachi means the mariachi. It's a street performer? Like a busker? Musician. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, they play, they sing and, and play their guitar and stuff. That's the mariachi. Mm-hmm. La 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 bamba. N- n- not like that, probably, but yeah. They sing. You soy Mariano. Ooh, you soy Mariano. Yo soy, soy Capitan. Soy Capitan. Yeah. Yeah. I know the song. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. That's what he is. But, I, yeah, I, I was confused for so much of this movie. I'm like, okay, he wants to kill this guy. I don't know why. And then it's like, like, like I said, Steve Buscemi is, Steve Buscemi is the exposition machine in this movie until he gets knifed <laughs> yeah, to death. Everybody dies. Everybody dies in this movie. Quentin Tarantino shows up for five seconds in this movie and they get shot in the head. Yeah. And he, he seemed like he was going to be a badass character. They yeah. gave him music. He walked into some fucking music, yeah. right? He had his own, yeah, he had his own theme song. He comes in. He's, he, you know, he's kind of funny and everything. He tells this weird joke, and then he goes into the back. He's like, "Hey, I don't know what's going on." Blam. Yeah. And then Buko's like, "Hey, that guy that we we got to pick up the you know the money and everything. Yeah, he got killed in the shootout. So he really didn't know what was going on." Right. The guy just shot him for no reason. And he was the he 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 came in with some other guy he like met on the way in. And they both had some kind of paperwork to get them into the back. Yeah, they were they were carrying cards. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, like here's my card. Like sir. my membership card, what? And um They were wearing members only jackets. They shot the one guy in the head. And like I'm sure he pissed himself because he thought he was gonna be shot for like, oh, no, you're good. Like, Cheech Marin's like, he didn't check out. Yeah, you check out, though. <laughs> yeah. But he only only to go back there and get shot. Cheech Marin also gets killed. Everybody dies in this movie. Pretty much, yeah. Except for the woman. Uh, 
Selma Hayek mm-hmm. and Antonio Banderas. Yeah. He was in Interview with a Vampire. In Philadelphia. He was the vampire Armand who was in charge of the theater group. Yes, that's correct. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, he was nice to look at. So is she, though. Oh, absolutely. She's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And getting to see them both naked was (laughs) one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah, but although also shot really weird. And not earned. No, not at all. That's another that's another thing I want to talk. So their relationship comes out of nowhere. Yeah. He saves her on the street, I guess. She takes care of him. But there's no... Like, I'm, they don't even really have that much chemistry, to be honest. Well, they were checking each other out before the shooting started. I guess. And then she saved him. They're both... He hot. saved her, she saved him. They, they're both hot, so they got together. That's the <laughs> that's the logic of the film. Basically, and she seems like she's kind of a whore. I mean, no offense, but... Because I think she was sleeping with Buko. Mm, I think only once, I think. Not not constantly. He kept trying to kiss her, though, when, when he was talking. He kissed her twice. Yeah, but I think that's more just like, hey, I can kiss whoever I want. He's he's Richard Dawsoning the whole town, basically. <laughs> I guess. He's just going through and like just kissing whoever he wants. I'm pretty sure that's that situation. But he the- did say to Antonio Banderas that he knew what it was like to have her, though. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he had had sex with her before, but I don't think it was, like, a constant thing. And it seemed like he was jealous that she was with Antonio Banderas. Maybe. So, I don't know. Maybe I, he knows that Antonio Banderas is a better lover than he is. Maybe. It's very clear that he is. <laughs> because they juxtapose them having sex. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. He, he just lays on his back and smokes a cigar while a girl rides him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even look like he's having fun. No, not at all. So yeah, that was kind of that was that was a sad, sad scene. Yep. And it came right after the you know, the incredible let's light five thousand candles. Right. Yeah, that was a fire hazard. And, I mean, it eventually goes up in flames anyway. Mm-hmm, right. But... And play with uh, with a spur over each other's butts. Also, just <laughs> weird. All right. Like they're just experimenting. I don't know. They should be in the the massive love section. Yeah, yeah. That would that might be beyond fun, right? <laughs> but yeah, you get to you get to see them, you know, naked. Basically, yeah. it's quick. See her boobs. Yeah, I think that. I think that when this comes out on VHS, that I think this will be the VHS that gets destroyed the fastest because people like little, little kids or, you know, you know, little, not <laughs> teenage, teenage boys are going to be rewinding and pausing and rewinding and pausing <laughs> a lot of that part. Cause it is quick. Yeah. You gotta have real eagle eyes. Well, apparently I have some good eyes cause I saw some titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you were, uh, you were happy about uh, about her being in this film, I think. Yeah, she's very, very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. But anyway. so is he. Yeah. yeah, he's a good looking guy too. But I mean, the movie like it's just weird. Like I kind of, I kind of enjoyed just the world that they're in in the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it just as it went on, it just got too complicated and wasn't making sense. He has these flashbacks of his life before as El Mariachi, mm-hmm. which, by the way, 
he wasn't even the guy in the first movie, from what I hear. He, it's the same character, but he's replaced him. It's weird. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Like you, I thought it was sporadically interesting. Yeah. And they were, they're both good in it. Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek. They're both good in the movie. Steve Buscemi's. I like the story he tells at the beginning. Yeah, this is this is funny. When the, this is a really good first scene mm-hmm. because he comes in and he tells the story to Cheech Marin and his group of people at this bar, and we see through flashes as he's telling the story. This this reminded me of a, a Quentin Tarantino type yeah. thing, like in uh, Pulp Fiction or something like that. But he tells this story about how the mariachi came in and gunned down all these people in this bar, killed everybody. It was a bloodbath, all this stuff and everything. And it's great. It's a Mm -hmm. like, it lasts a long time. It's a very, there's a lot of long lingering shots. It's a really good opening scene, but then it just like from there, this movie lacks a narrative cohesion. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem is that, the center does not hold. <laughs> and because of that, everything kind of comes apart. And when we get to the end, and if you haven't seen the movie, obviously go watch the movie, then listen to the rest of this tape. But when we get to the end and we find out Buko's his brother, like his long lost brother, it comes out of nowhere. And it changes nothing. It, and it means nothing. It adds nothing to the movie, really, other than the fact that we know now why he couldn't shoot him right away because he didn't know what the guy looked like before. Just heard Buko, Buko. Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, your men killed my the my light, the woman I loved or whatever. And it's like, no, they didn't. I mean, maybe he was part of this criminal organization. They did not explain that if he was. Right. But I guess he was part of this bigger criminal organization. The implication, I think, is that he has been systematically hunting down all of Moko or whatever his name is, all of his like lieutenants and men and stuff like that. And this is the last one. And this is the last one. And earlier in the movie, I guess they kind of foreshadow that it might be his brother a little bit because they say, he says to Salma Hayek that I just saw the closest thing to a brother I have killed. And he's talking about Steve Buscemi. Right. But that doesn't make any sense either. It's not foreshadowing that it's his brother. Because, like, he doesn't know that his brother's this drug guy. Right. So it's not like he's written him out of his life or anything. It's just they're estranged for some reason we don't know. Right. How he doesn't know that his brother is a drug dealer and how his brother doesn't know that he's this El Mariachi guy. We don't know. There's no explanation for that. It's crazy. (laughs) Like, what happened in their past? Yeah. No explanation. Yeah, the whole movie is is just kind of like this ride where you're just like, where am I and what's happening the whole time? The movie tries to get by, and I don't think it really succeeds, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate the movie, but the movie tries to get by on atmosphere and tone. And it almost works. Mm-hmm. Because Robert Rodriguez is good, apparently. I mean, I, 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 this is the only movie I've seen of his, but it seems like he has a good eye for tone and 
aesthetics, the aesthetics of the universe, mm-hmm. the set dressing and, and the, the costuming and stuff like that. Everything looks and feels and seems authentic. Yeah. And it the movie has a good tone throughout. But that is not enough. It's not enough. No, you need a story. Yeah, because the story the story doesn't work and just the every every from one scene to the next it almost seems like we're we're like going from one movie to the to another. Yeah. They're connected by their tone, but story-wise, plot-wise, motivation, all that stuff, it's just wildly careening from one thing to the next. Yeah. And nothing is there's no narrative drive to the story. There's nothing pulling us along from A to B to C. It's not, you know, it's it's Well, it's the the El Mariachi is Yeah, I guess, but it, but I'm saying there's no narrative drive to it. Yeah. There's no motivation beyond kill kill kill, you know, and survive. And, and get laid. Yeah, apparently. Take time out to have sex with the pretty Mexican woman who runs a bookstore in the middle of nowhere for no reason. Well, it's a front for the drug money. Yeah, well, that's what we find. But she wanted this bookstore. Yeah. Books are her life, which we never really learned much about her character either. And her character has very little motivation or anything. At the end, they ride off together in a Jeep, and it's like, why? And where are you going, and what are you going to do? Yeah, we're going to the next town. For what? To yeah, to do what and why? What is your life going to look like after this? Yeah, she'd been saving money, Would cash you? money yep. that she hid in the books that all burned away. Like she lost absolutely everything in yeah. this movie. So, and he already didn't have anything to begin with, or had already lost something, everything in the last movie. So he yeah, he cost everybody around him everything. Mm-hmm. He gets Steve Buscemi killed. Because he goes running after him after they meet in the church. He he gets her to be on the guy's radar and gets her bookstore burned down. She loses all her money. He gets that other guy killed. Everybody. And, but there's, oh, also, this guy's supposed to be the last one. But at some point, he's call, he's having a phone conversation, Buko, mm-hmm. with somebody else who says that they're sending someone to take care of this El Mariachi. And he's like, no, I would have called you sooner. He acts like he's an underling. (laughs) He's like, I would have called you sooner, but we can handle it. We're supposed to be able to handle, you know, we can handle it here. Hmm. And they end up killing that assassin. We never find out who that person is or where they are in this organization or anything. Yeah, and they both call in reinforcements because he also calls in his Mariachi buddies. Probably, I'm guessing from the first movie. I guess, but uh, but they Don't come know. out of nowhere. They're they're not connected to this story in any way, and they're just like we need two other guys to help him shoot at things. Right. All right. I mean, it's just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Then at the end, they've got Salma Hayek and him, and it's revealed that they're brothers and whatever. And he's like, I should kill you right now. And he's like, Hey, you know. I'm not going to kill you because you're my brother, but you got to pay for what you've been doing. So I'm going to kill Salma Hayek right in front of you. And you're going to have to watch because we're, we're redoing the end of the first movie. Stupid. And he's, it's him and like 20 guys with guns Mm -hmm. just pointed right at them. Right. And Antonio Banderas is like, no, you know, and he pulls guns out of his sleeve or whatever, shoots and kills his brother. Everybody else is standing there. 
I assume they've got to open fire at some point. He's running towards Salma Hayek. Then we fade to black. Right. And go into the interior of a hospital where they took this kid. Who also got, got gunned down. That got shot earlier. He ends up living. But they fade to black because it's absolute bullshit yeah. that they could have gotten out of this situation. Completely. So Robert Rodriguez is like, there's no explanation to how they could have lived. So let's just fade to black and we'll forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't mean. Didn't work, buddy. Sorry. It would have worked better if he hadn't killed his brother, if his brother had let him go. That would have been more believable. Yeah. But whatever. The whole thing is, yeah, it's, like I said, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. My suggestion is wait till it comes out to Blockbuster, (laughs) rent it, pause it at the sex scene, right? have your fun. God. And, you know, like watch the, well, you can watch the movie, but like I said, it's. Not that great. No, it's not that great. I don't love it. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, there's, and if you like a lot of senseless um, violence, a lot mm-hmm. of gratuitous, you know, shooting and blood spatters, then you would probably enjoy it. And I wouldn't even mind it if there was a story behind it. Right. A story that made sense. The story is all over the place. Yeah. It's no good. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about all I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth looking at because the movie's pretty and the people are pretty. It's well shot. Cinematography's great. Mm-hmm. It's a well shot movie. There are there are a couple scenes in the movie that are, are, are very good. They're well put together. They're great to look at. There's a scene in the movie where his brother, we don't know is his brother yet, but it's the Bucho guy, he comes into Selma Hayek's bookstore and he's talking to her. And Antonio Banderas is behind the counter mm-hmm. he doesn't know he's there and he's loading up his gun he's cocking the gun and everything and the whole time he's like making these these faces like Ugh, oh no you know i'm gonna make some noise he's gonna hear right. and he's getting the gun already and then the guy leaves he doesn't do anything like it was he, so annoying he loads the gun and everything and then he does not use it for no reason like he could have come up and shot him at any point but he doesn't. And I don't know if it's supposed to be comedy because he's making all these weird comical faces. If it's supposed to be comedy, it wasn't that funny. It, yeah. f- it failed in that. But it's worse if it was supposed to be suspense. Right? If it was supposed to be suspenseful, you should have talked to your, your buddy Quentin Tarantino that you cast in this movie to learn how to film and write a suspenseful scene because... This was not suspenseful at all. No. It very much failed in yeah. that in that matter. I could see if it was supposed to be comical, I can kind of see it. I didn't think it was that funny, but When Buko walked out, I was just like, "What? Why? Why why didn't you why didn't you shoot him? It made mm-hmm. no fucking sense." Not at all. <sighs> uh, anyway, so that's that's Desperado. Uh not a not a huge fan. No. But to each their own, I suppose. So, Kara, why don't you tell the people what they need to do, and we'll we'll get out of here. So, check out our website, www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. We're having a giveaway. Uh, you can go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. and If you've enjoyed this show, do us a favor and tell one person, just one person, about the show. Tell them to go to the website if that's where they like to consume things. Uh, you know, give them a tape, 
but just tell one person about the show, one friend. Tell them, hey, you'll like this. Listen to this. Do that for us. Do that one favor for us if you've enjoyed this. And then we'll make more tapes. Absolutely. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.